It's Wednesday, December 15th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me, once again, Jason Moser. Thanks for being here. Hey, well, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, we've got a preview of our year in review special on Motley Fool Money, which is coming later this week. But we're, the word of the day is retail. <laughs> and let's just start with the monthly retail sales report that we got for the month of November. Sales up just 0.3%, which is half a point lower than analysts were expecting. And there are a couple of different ways we can go here. Let me start with this, though, that a lot of people in the financial media seem very eager to tie this to the rise in inflation. And I'm not discounting that completely, but I, I do wonder if part of this modest gain that we saw in November is the fact that we had a big gain in October. That uh, a lot of people, as we've been saying since late August, early September, to, you know, sort of telling people, get your shopping done early. Is it possible that's at least part of what we're seeing? I would think so. I mean, I absolutely think that's part of it. I mean, you could see uh, even in the retailers themselves, from Amazon to Target, Walmart. I mean, the biggest retailers uh, around around the country uh, decided to go ahead and get and get their their holiday shopping seasons started earlier than than normal. It seemed, and so I'm sure that pulled forward a lot of a lot of demand. Um, and, I mean, I, I I think to your point on inflation. I mean, these retail figures they aren't the retail sales figures are not adjusted for inflation. So so certainly that could contribute to some of that growth. But but really no. I mean, not not firmly all of it. I mean, and so I do think it was it was a pull forward that um, that played into into this. And I mean, when you look at it from a when you look at it from a a, a, a year over year basis, right? You, you can see that the these retail sales rose eighteen point two percent in November from the year earlier. And so, while it, it maybe seemed fairly modest here on a, a month over month basis, like when you compare it to a year ago, clearly uh, it, it's it's a, a much more noticeable difference there. So I, I think uh, the pull forward would 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 have something to do with that. Well, and one other reason I'm. Not overly concerned about this is you think back to the latest earnings reports we got, particularly from Walmart and Target, uh, both CEOs being bullish about how prepared they were for the holidays. I get that this is a, a detailed report that came out this morning, but we haven't heard anything from Brian Cornell or Doug McMillan, <laughs> or you know, we haven't heard any of the major retailers come out and say, yeah, we're going to have to pull back our guidance a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe that yeah. happens later in the week, but right now, I don't know. I I'm I'm having a hard time getting overly worked up about this. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean, I certainly don't want to jinx it. I mean, it, it's it's absolutely possible that some something could materialize later on in the week or next week. Um, I don't think that'll be the case. Um, I mean, I think we are looking at a consumer that is in a really good spot right now. I mean, when when you look at over the past year and a half or so, I mean, we saw a lot of bank accounts get padded with a lot of cash. Uh, folks were able to pay down some of their credit card debt. If you look at credit card uh, consumer credit card balances, consumer credit balances here, uh, they were recently reported still $123 billion lower than at the end of 2019. So, I mean, I think we're looking at a, a situation here where we have a consumer that is in a very good position to spend. And even if they pulled that spending forward a little bit uh, for this holiday season, 
I mean, that spending goes on, right? I mean, it, it, the holidays end. I mean, the spending doesn't stop. It, it, I mean, obviously, it, it slows down a little bit. But I, I think, generally speaking, we're in a position where the consumer is in a, a pretty good spot right now. Um, they're going to have a number of different uh, avenues to, to get that spending done on whatever whatever it may, may be. So, yeah, I, I like you. I, I don't read too much into this. Uh, it feels like we're still uh, still in a pretty good place. Well, and unless we hear otherwise, we'll get more color from the retailers in January. Let's move on to one retailer in specifics, and that's Lowe's. Um, Dave Denton is the CFO at Lowe's, and in a meeting with analysts, he said that Lowe's is preparing for, quote, a modest sector pullback in 2022. And I guess some people freaked out about this before the market opened this morning. I was seeing report by you know by the time I saw this, the market had been open for a little bit, and in fact, Lowe's stock was basically even at the at the point I was looking. I think it's up a little bit now, but um, I, I, <laughs> the knee jerk reactions what, what, are always what, something. Aren't they? Why is that? I, I, I guess, <laughs> I, and and I know I, it's not like it's something you're responsible for, but I looked at this and I just thought, okay. I have the benefit of hindsight of seeing that once the market had been open for about 90 minutes, everyone came to their senses and said, oh, okay, this is fine. But in the moment, you know, in just sort of the initial reporting of it, I'm, I'm wondering why no one sort of paused and thought, hold on a second. Dave Denton's been with Lowe's for three years. Um, he was with CVS Health before that. I mean, this is an experienced executive. We talk a lot about Marvin Ellison, the CEO at Lowe's. Denton is part of that executive team. And I'm just wondering why no one took a moment and said, is it possible Dave Denton is just being cautious? Like, he's, he's not ringing an alarm bell. He's just doing his job. He's being appropriately cautious. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like um, it, it feels like they do a very good job quarter in quarter out of setting realistic expectations, right? I mean, they don't they don't go too crazy either way. I, I any time in any time the market sees any time investors see growth slowing or that expectations for growth will slow, and I mean, they're talking about for 2022 essentially comps somewhere in that flat range to maybe negative three. I mean, that that I mean, any anytime you see the prospect of flat to to negative uh, comps, I mean, I understand the knee jerk reaction, but then I, it does feel like the market came to its senses, and and I'm I'm glad that's the case, but because to me. You know, when you when you pan out a little bit and you look at the market opportunity that Lowe's is pursuing, and, and you look at the dynamics of this of this market, I mean, the drivers of this market. I mean, it's very interesting. Uh, Mr. Ellison on the call said, and this is something we pointed out before when we talked about Home Depot. Is we've we've got two factors at play here to me that really bode very well for both Lowe's and Home Depot in the coming years. And maybe that's the difference. Is just I'm talking about years, and in you'd figure the market is probably looking at the next year. Um, but but talking about the fact that obviously number one we have a, a a lack of housing stock in this country, right? We have a shortage in in regard to housing. Uh, which obviously that has demand through the roof. Prices are going through the roof, uh, but we also have an aging 
uh, population of homes, an aging stock of existing homes. And, and, and Marvin Ellison quoted that number. I think he said uh, something to the extent of over half of the existing homes in the country are over 40 years old. And we've seen that data point called out in Home Depot's calls as well. So, I mean, there there is definitely something to that. But to me, I mean, those seem like pretty obvious tailwinds for a business like this. Now, it, time is everything, right? And so, if you're looking at it from a shorter uh, a timeline, and maybe 2022 isn't going to present uh, a tremendous uh, growth story for folks interested in something like a Lowe's or, or even a Home Depot, I, I, I think you stretch that timeline out. And if the drivers become very clear, the opportunity becomes very clear, and you see what Lowe's is, is focused on with the actual business, I mean, it's really encouraging. They're digging more down into the pro side, which we've seen Home Depot succeed so much on that front. There is a blueprint out there for why that works, and Lowe's is getting into it. They're digging more into that private label branding portfolio of theirs, which will continue to be a boost to margins later on down the road. Uh, and then also, they're talking about building out this, this delivery model, this market delivery model, where ultimately big and bulky products are just going to flow directly from the supply chain to the customer's homes without ever actually going through the store. And, and so, they're building a lot of infrastructure to be able to support this new delivery model, and that's going to take a little time, and it's going to cost a little money, and it's going to reflect in the financials in the near term. But I think strategically, they're very sensible decisions that will ultimately, I think, set Lowe's up for a lot of success to come. I mean, you look at what this stock has done. We always talk about Home Depot because it's so much bigger. Lowe's has done so well here. The last five years, the stock's up 277%. And if you look at just the time that Marvin Ellison started, a little bit over three years ago, the stock's up better than 185%. So, just I, I think to me, this is maybe a timeline, sort of a timing issue. Um, obviously, we take a little bit of a, of a, of a longer uh, lens uh, there. And, and so, with that in mind, uh, I, I'm very encouraged with where Lowe's is and where they're headed. I know that a lot of times, the pre-market activity, the after-hours activity that we see when a company either makes a statement or comes out with an earnings report, that sort of thing, I know a lot of times that holds up. But I feel like slightly more and more, we're seeing this type of activity, where the report comes out, the market isn't open yet, and it's like, oh, the pre-market shares are low, is down 5%. And once people take a minute to digest it, it's you know it's flat or it's it's in the positive range and it just is one more reason why i'm so glad i'm not in the business of short term trading well, it, it's it, just, it just seems <laughs> exhausting, and it seems like a much better game to play is the long-term game. I, you're you're absolutely right. Of course, I'm going to agree. And I mean, there's another example out there today in the market. Serence, a company that we cover uh, pretty frequently, a company that I've recommended in a couple of my services here at work, yeah, that, that focuses on on artificial intelligence and whatnot in the automobile and in mobility. Uh, Serence headline this morning: CEO stepping down, and they have a new CEO coming in immediately. And so, I mean, typically you'll see when a company just out of the blue announces the CEO is stepping down, and you'll see that overreaction, the stock sells off. And, and Saren's stock is selling off because of this. Um, I think I saw at one point today it was down 16%. But this, this crazy thing, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, I'm reading through this release. And so, 
the CEO that's stepping in is a 20-year veteran of this company. He's an original architect of the technology and, and, and has, has succeeded at this company for so long, even when it was part of, of Nuance. Remember, it spun off from Nuance all that, all that time ago. And it, to me, I look at this headline and I think, man, you know what? This, this new CEO that's stepping in, Stefan Ortmans, I think that's bullish, man. I'm actually really encouraged that this is going to be the new CEO in the in the market selling off the stock today. So it 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 is funny. Perspective is is always is always going to be kind of in the eye of the beholder. Uh, the shorter your timeline, it, it's going to be a much different perspective uh, when you look at it from from our from our view and and, and think more in the context of years. Uh, it, it becomes a little bit more apparent, and so for folks out there who see this this Serent sell off today, that's why. And it is it is funny to see it because when I look at this new CEO coming in, Dr. Ortman's, this seems to be like a really big win for the company, given his exposure uh, with the business to this to this point. You've seen the movie Goodfellas, right? Uh, multiple times. <laughs> I, I was thinking about early in the movie where. Um... Ray Liotta's character is, is describing the neighborhood and the people in the neighborhood and that sort of thing. And he talks about Polly, who's sort of the local boss. And he has that great line where he says, Polly might have moved slow, but it was only because Polly didn't have to move for anybody. <laughs> and I feel like as investor, like as an investor, I'm trying to be a little bit more like Polly. Just like yeah. Yeah, just move slow. You don't yeah. you don't you don't have to jump just because there's a headline out there. Um, I love it. We're doing our year in review special on Motley Fool Money this week, um, doing categories like uh, dumbest investment of, of 2021. And by that, I mean companies making investments because companies spend money in a lot of different ways acquisitions, dividends, buybacks. So, we're, you know, that's one thing. But, uh, and for people who want to weigh in, drop an email to radio at fool.com. But one of the categories we're going to talk about CEO of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. Chief Executive Magazine just um, came out with um, Ken Frazier from Merck as their CEO of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not asking you to give away who you're going to mention, but are there candidates on your shortlist? Because I'll I'll give you two. One is Lauren Hobart and the job she's done at Dick's Sporting Goods, which is just incredible. She uh, has been CEO for less than a year. I think February 1st is when she started. And... The way that business has performed, the way that stock has performed, I think she has to be on anyone's shortlist. And and this isn't this isn't probably for CEO of the year, but it did occur to me the other day that Tim Cook has been the CEO of Apple for just over ten years now, and just like he had enormous shoes to fill when he moved to the corner office, at some point, maybe. I don't know, five years from now? He's 61 years old, I believe. So, I think if you're an Apple shareholder, you're you're not worried about Tim Cook. He seems to be healthy and, and all that good stuff and has given no inclination of stepping down anytime soon. But I think in the back of your mind, you, you need to be thinking of like, ooh, I, I don't know who's going to be next, but that person is also going to have enormous shoes to fill. But who's, who's uh, someone on the short list? For CEO yeah, of the year. Short list. I mean, I think it, I, yeah, I put together that all-star team and CEOs that I really like. Um, it's it's hard for me to say whether I'd actually pick either one of, of these gentlemen as CEO as, as my CEO of the year, so to speak. But definitely, I mean, I look at a guy like Jeff Green and what he's done with the trade desk. I look at uh, Matthew Prince and what he's done with Cloudflare. Two businesses I like a lot. Own shares in both of them. 
uh, really, really excited about their prospects. I mean, they just continue to do what they say they're going to do, and they continue to just issue that that short-term market demand for show me the money today. I mean, th- these are businesses that continue, I think, quarter in and quarter out uh, to talk about the reinvestments they make in the business and validating those reinvestments with stronger performances. Uh, it seems like every quarter. Um, so, I, yeah, I can't say whether either one of either one of them would make it to to the top of the list, but they are definitely on my All Star team. Jason Moser, great talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. If we make it through December, everything's going to be all right. I know. It's the coldest time of winter. And I shiver when I see the falling snow If we make it through December We got plans to be in a warmer town called Summertime And maybe We may.